1: Well, hello everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Press On Podcast right here on the AHL Report on Rocket Sports Media, and of course, a proud affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network and sponsored by the good folks over at DraftKings. So glad that you are with us this week. Uh, Can you believe we've hit the middle of December? I can't, Um, and before I go any further, I should introduce myself because every week we have new listeners. Uh, I am your host of the show, and also the lead correspondent here at AHLReport.com. My name is Amy Johnson, and a little bit later in the show, I'm going to be joined by one of my colleagues uh, and the aficionado of AHL News. That's the one and only Patrick Williams. He'll be joining me in the second segment for the AHL Hot Stove. Uh, but before we get there, uh, yeah, it's uh, we're hitting the midway point of December uh, this week. Hard to believe. Um, I was listening on... Saturday night I was watching the the Montreal Canadiens game and one of the commentators during the middle of the game said, you know, and we're, with you know, Christmas Eve is in two weeks. And I thought, wait, what? Christmas Eve is in two weeks? That means we are, we are less than two weeks till Santa's big day. Like, that's so hard to believe. And you know what that means. That also means that we are less than two weeks away from, um... The world juniors big day boxing day uh when when it all kicks off uh for the world junior competition for this year so it's an exciting time of year i'm quite in the holiday spirit um had a big work project that i finally got to kind of put the final stamp on about a week ago and now i'm full-fledged into holiday cheer and fun and uh and i'm pretty excited about it and i'm pretty excited about some of the stuff we have to talk about today because (gasps) guess what we're gonna talk about the laval rocket in the first segment and we have a win to talk about guys we have a win can you believe it um I know. And and I'm honestly I'm not being facetious here. Um, it's been it's been a slog of it uh for the Laval Rocket for the past six weeks or so. I mean the whole season has been disappointing, but the past six weeks have been particularly eh, cringy. Uh and so we do have some some great things to talk about. We also have um some not so fun things to talk about uh on the injury report as well. Uh but there were some firsts this past weekend. And there's some pretty exciting stuff coming up so um what let's, let's not waste a minute shall we let's not waste a minute let's start we know we remember do we, have we blocked it from our minds yet how how dismal the trip out to abbotsford british columbia was for the R- laval rocket the first weekend of the month yeah let, we've we've blacked that out from our minds i think two very disappointing losses um And we saw a lot of guys out with injury at that point. Jan Misak got injured in the first period of the first game in Abbotsford on December 3rd. He didn't return to the game and he hasn't played again since. Uh, And I do have an update from the Laval Rocket on Jan Misak's status coming up here in just a few minutes. Um, We saw that Justin Barron didn't play one of those two games in Abbotsford. Uh, he was kind of forced into playing the set, the second game because they literally didn't have enough guys to ice a full roster, so he had to play as a seventh defenseman, but then he came out again uh, last weekend in Laval, uh, back, back in Laval. So um, we'll get to the injuries in a minute. But that meant after what was probably a tough flight home from BC, uh, the Laval Rocket had a few you know they had some time off they had some days of practice they didn't play a game again until friday night so they had five days between games which is sometimes what a team needs to just kind of take a breath um you know get back into a rhythm clear the cobwebs that type of thing um you know and 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 just kind of get back into a routine and focus on Put the past weekend behind you and just focus on what's ahead. Um, now, the two-game stint at home this past weekend was against Belleville. Both both games against Belleville. One on Friday night, one on Saturday afternoon. Let's start with the Friday night. Uh, the Friday night uh, was, you know, fans in the building, including our very own Michael Spinella, who uh, snagged some great tickets. Um and uh had some great seats there at Place Bell. He was he was in the building as well, of course. Our own Chris G is always up in the press box for home games for the Laval Rocket, but Spine- Michael Spinella was was down uh behind I believe he was behind the Belleville goal uh and had uh had some great views uh himself. And he and everyone else at Place Bell Friday night was treated to not only um extra hockey in overtime they were treated to a shootout as well so got his money's worth all of you got your money's worth on fridays friday night however uh the belleville senators were the ones that came out with the two points on that night uh it was a tight game they the the Sens won that two to one uh Um, Again, uh, J.F. Wool had to roll seven defensemen. Olivier Gallipo recalled from Trois-Rivieres earlier in the week because of some of those back-end injuries. So he played as the seventh defenseman. Um, And it was, uh, you know, there was a lot of guys still out of the lineup. And so things kind of just had to get cobbled together. Um, And, it, you know, it was... For once, Laval's penalty kills started to to come up pretty good. Um, they had Belleville got two early power plays in the first period. The PK, however, for for the Rocket, which let's not forget is the worst in the league, um, was able to to keep them to keep them off the score sheet. And actually, the game uh, was scoreless going going into the first intermission. Then both teams managed to score a goal in the second period. Um, And, you know, it's, this was a game. If you remember, Belleville has had a a litany of injuries, not the least of which is Mad Sogard, one of their top uh, goaltenders who's been out since uh, leaving in the middle of a game against Laval early in the season, and he was back in net, and he was certainly giving the Rocket uh some trouble. Uh, but it was Torrey Dello for Laval that that got them on the board. Um, and the Belleville Senators also able to to score because they uh of course, you know the, the PK could only survive for so long. Rourke Chartier who uh, Rourke Chartier seems to score on the power play every time he's in plus Bell uh, and Gabriel Bork was in the box for a boarding call. Chartier scores, but Dello then then gets gets them all tied up. Really scary moments though um after that in the second period um, Xavier Simonino, was stretchered off the ice. He was down for a really long time. Not from what I could see, not a ton of blood, but he was down on the ice, face down for quite a while, even on his hands and knees for quite a while. With with head uh, athletic therapist Glenn Kinney there, uh, trying to assist him. Uh, it seems as if Joel Teasdale's stick uh, in a in in a puck. You know, battle, scrum kind of thing. Jolt, Jolt, his teammate stick accidentally comes up and strikes Simino very hard, kind of in the nose area. We believe that it missed his eye, thankfully, but um, was bad enough that Simino couldn't really get up. Um, and they ended up taking him off in a stretcher. Uh, he went to the hospital for precautionary reasons uh, and then was later released. Um, he is still not playing yet, but I will have an update on him uh, a little later. But it was it was kind of a, a really tense uh, moment. And we saw that even, you know how that changes the dynamic of a game. We saw that in Monday night's game for the Habs against Calgary when Tanev went down because he took that puck to the side of the head. Um, and it just kind of changes the atmosphere on the benches, the atmosphere in the building, um, because it's scary, particularly when a stretcher has to come out. Everybody, it changes uh, things a little bit, and so things stayed pretty tight in the third period. Um, but no one, no one could, no one could score there. No one could score uh, in overtime, and it was Igor Sokolov who managed to get the shootout winner for the Belleville Senators uh, in the shootout fast forward then to Saturday afternoon. Now rematch on tap, of course. Now Laval is down uh Xavier Simino as well. They were already playing seventh defenseman. Now another one of their forwards uh is out of the lineup. Um that put Lucas Condata on the top line. I mean, that's how um, thin things are in Laval right now, that Lucas Kandata was on the top line with Brandon Zginiak and Anthony Richard. Not exactly the first line that I would like to see in Laval. I can tell you that. Raphael Harvey-Pinard and Jesse Ulanin, two of the top forward prospects for the Habs, uh, they were on the second line, centered by Captain Alex Belziel. Um, but it also meant that some firsts were going to take place. You heard me complain about this last week on the show that that back-to-back trip in Abbotsford that they chose to go with Kevin Poulin back-to-back it backfired because in the second game Poulin ended up getting pulled after giving up his fourth goal uh, early in the third period and Joe Verbedek made his AHL debut by coming in cold with 15 minutes left to go in the third period of that game. Um... So you heard me. I lamented. The kid needs to get his own start. They need to start getting Joe Verbedek, um, some experience here in the AHL, regardless of whether or not um, it leads to wins or not. Well, the wish came true, and they decided to not repeat that mistake and not put Poulan in again in a less than 24-hour turnaround. And so young Joe Verbedek got his very first AHL start on Saturday afternoon. In addition to that, another AHL debut took place that day when forward John Parker Jones made his AHL debut, also called up from the toil Lions uh, earlier in the week. So he made his AHL debut as well. And to complete the trifecta, it was Teddy Bear Toss Day. It's always an exciting day for teams in the AHL. The Teddy Bear Toss is a storied tradition uh, throughout uh, lower leagues of, you know, AHL, ECHL, junior hockey, um, the teddy bear toss is a is a really special thing and it's always a lot of fun. Um and so what was going to happen? Could could Laval put such a tightly played game from the night before in the rear view? Could they come out Take control of a game. They tend to always trail. They have been the ones to give up the first goal in a game time after time after time again. And boy, I think, you know, the stars were aligned on Saturday. Things just went the right way on Saturday. Um, And they were ready. (laughs) Boy, were they ready. 23 seconds into the game, Scott Sabrin throws the mitts with John Parker Jones. What a way to start your AHL career! 23 seconds into your AHL debut, you're in a fight with Scott Sabrin, of all people. Uh, Scott Sabrin, uh, six foot three taking on the 6 foot 7 John Parker Jones. Yes, you heard that 6 foot 7. Oh, did I mention Joe Verbetic in net first AHL start, 6 foot 6. Uh we got some some big men uh making some AHL debuts and their first starts. Uh so that kind of set a bit of a tone. Sabran, uh, they both got a fighting uh 5 minutes for fighting obviously, but Sabran also got an instigating minor and I believe he got a 10 minute misconduct on that as well. Uh, and so it put it put Laval immediately onto the power play. Twenty three seconds into the game, twenty five seconds into the power play. So we are still less than a minute after opening faceoff. We are forty eight seconds into the game. Anthony Richard scores on the power play, top corner, and the Teddy Bears rain down. Uh, so I mean. All of the things that happen there. They score on the power play. They score first in the game. They score the first minute into a game to set the tone. Uh, and then there's the big delay as the teddy bears rain down. Laval sets a new franchise record. They were hoping to beat their old record, which is a little over 6,000 teddy bears. And they blew that out of the water this time with about 8,800 teddy bears coming down onto the ice. It took them a little while to get all of that cleaned up. Um, and really, I think Belleville, I don't know. I don't know if it was Sabrin's start. I don't know if it was the power play goal within the first. Something just, nothing was working for Belleville. Everything was just in the works for Laval in this game. And the goals just kept coming. Lucas Candata makes it two to nothing. Uh, thirty, A little over 30 seconds later, Raphael Harvey-Penard uh, feeds Alex Belzeal and it's 3 nothing. Um then then Kandata goes to the box. And you know what happens when the Rocket Rocketer in the penalty box. Yes, Angus Cruikshank uh beats Joe Verbedek. um with a really uh, with a uh, not much that Joe Verbedek could have done on this shot. It was a Angus Cruikshank. has got a got a bit of a wicked release uh and on the power play beats him. But Peter Abandonado feeding Je- uh, Jesse Ulanin. Um, And this was Antoine Bibo was the one who had started this game because Mad Sogard had played on Friday night. Well, Mad Sogard comes in for relief in the first period. Um, it uh, <laughs> It was nice to see Friday night that penalties were not the story for either team. That was not the case on Saturday. There were a ton of penalties. Um, and, you know, there was, oh, can you, did, did, did I mention that Rourke Chartier uh, co- tends to score on the power play in Laval? Yeah, well, he did it again on Saturday. Uh, <laughs> he did it again on Saturday. Scott Sabrin uh, gets a goal of his own. He was on his way to a Gordie Howe hat-trick. Um, Brendan Sonnier and uh, former former Laval Rocket, who never actually played a game for the Rocket, but played in Trois-Rivières, he was feeling pretty feisty on this night as well. Um, it, I mean, it was just, whew, it was it was a a mess. I mean, there were thirty penalty minutes for Laval, thirty six for the Sens. The Rocket went two for seven on the power play. The Senators went two for nine on the power play. So four power play goals altogether. Uh, Anthony Richard with that opening power play goal. Uh, Anthony Richard then with a shorthanded goal later. Brandon Zinyak with a power play goal. Harvey Pinard with an empty net goal. The Laval Rocket went on to win this seven to four uh, in a commanding way. I mean, they put up five goals in the first period. They have not, there's been maybe one possibly two games prior to this where they have been this dominant offensively uh in this whole season and it's each of those times i have had the hope that they would have a performance like this and then ride that wave and unfortunately up till now that hasn't happened and so we're gonna wait to see uh is this a turning point can (laughs) is the third time a charm um it may be in their favor because they go to Utica to play the Comets on Wednesday night. And this season, and actually in prior seasons as well, Laval has had Utica's number, particularly at Adirondack Bank Center um, in Utica. So this is a prime opportunity for Laval to possibly put together their first set of back-to-back wins this season. Have I mentioned that before? They have not won back-to-back yet this year. That's a frightening statistic. And they have a good chance to do it right now uh, with that dominant win on Saturday afternoon, despite all of their injuries, um, and go into Utica where they have had more wins there than probably anywhere else that they've had. Uh, in, in this season. So it's going to be fascinating to watch. They start off on, uh, on the trip, uh, in Utica on a Wednesday night, and then they travel to Ohio for the weekend. They have, uh, a 12 noon, 12 noon Saturday game in Cleveland against the Monsters. Um, guess I got to be up early. You know, I had, I needed the pot of coffee, For the 10 o'clock p.m. Eastern time start uh, a couple weeks ago in Abbotsford, I think I'm going to need the pot of coffee on for a noon start (laughs) against Cleveland on Saturday, uh, followed up by a 3 p.m. Uh, Game for Cleveland in Cleveland on Sunday that game I should mention if you missed the announcement Sunday's game in Cleveland was originally supposed to start at 6 p.m. Eastern it has been moved up three hours to three o'clock p.m. Eastern so you want to make sure that you don't miss that now I have mentioned that there are injuries to report Um, Justin Barron According to the Laval Rocket, this is the latest from the Laval Rocket as of uh, Tuesday, December 13th. Uh, Justin Barron has resumed practice with the team, so it seems that uh, he is he's probably pretty close uh, to being back. Nate Schnarr, however, with a lower body injury, remember he was out for a few weeks uh, earlier this season in November. Uh, with an injury and only came back for a couple of games he is now out again with a lower body injury and will not return to play until sometime after christmas so he's out for at least a couple more weeks um here's the interesting part caden primo still not practicing with the team now remember he did not back in the last saturday in november he was sitting on the bench in belleville backing up kevin Poulin in net and some freak accident happens, and he gets hit in the head with a stick while he's sitting on on the bench. And he left the game and didn't return because he needed to get stitched up. The cut was that bad. And he hasn't played since. He hasn't dressed since. He did not go to Utica two weeks ago. He didn't go to Abbotsford, um, which all of which instigated Joe Verbedek's call-up from trois Rivière. Uh, and he didn't play and dress uh, in either of the games against Belleville last weekend, and according to the Laval Rocket, he is still not practicing with the team. Um, they had said that this was not concussion related, and they still haven't made any any indication that 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 that's the case. Um, from what we have heard, it's that where the cut is on his head. Um, And I guess how bad the cut was that required stitches, that it is still painful for him to put his mask on. And so if he can't put his mask on without pain, uh, then he can't dress. So um, that is what we know for now. Caden Primo still not practicing with the team. So likely Joe Verbedek uh, goes on the trip, uh, at least for Wednesday's game in Utica. We'll see what happens for the weekend series in Cleveland. Danik Martel out with an upper body injury. Uh, he is still not practicing with the team. We have no indication of what's going on with Martel uh, or how long he will be at, out. Um, Madison Bowie with an upper body injury has not played in almost two weeks. He hasn't played for the last four games. Uh, he is still out. Um, and he and Simono, who we talked about uh, just a few minutes ago, both Bowie and Simeno need further medical evaluation, which that doesn't sound great to me. Uh, Simino, we'll see. Maybe he needs, I don't know if he needs surgery. I don't know if it's concussion. I don't know what it is. Um, so I'm not going to speculate until we have an official report. And Bowie apparently needs further evaluation as well. Uh, the one that I find is is really unfortunate. I mentioned Jan Mishak went out in the after the first period in that first game in Abbotsford. Uh, on December third, hasn't played since. Uh, it is now confirmed he has a lower body injury and will be out for eight to ten weeks. Uh, that is really disappointing for Jan Mischak. Uh My heart goes out to this kid. He was really starting to kind of heat up a little bit. He's been he's been stuck on the fourth line all season, which I find a bit unfortunate. Um, but he's he's really been showing some spark lately, uh, and to now get sidelined for. Well, it's been a couple of weeks since he's played. He's out for eight to 10 more weeks. So what could end up being about three months, anywhere from two to three months uh, with an injury, uh, It's that's that's a disappointment for Jan Mishak. We wish him the best and we hope he gets well soon. Um, but that does mean uh, really the, the Laval Rocket are still um, really thin. Rem Pitlick is still up with Montreal. We saw uh, Cole Caulfield, left the game on Monday night um, with with an injury and didn't return. Uh, so there's the big question mark of will, uh, will the Habs need to recall another forward um, from J.F. Ull's roster or not. Um, that is still yet to be determined. Um, and so we did at least see today that the Rocket recalled Pierre-Rick Dubé from Trois-Rivières. Uh, likely to have a little bit of of some extra help as they head to Utica today, um, but it's uh, whew. it was an exciting weekend for Laval in many ways, but it was also a weekend full of bad news, and not necessarily just that they lost a game. Uh, the injuries are really starting to pile up, and so we'll see how well um, the leadership on on the bench is able to pull that team together and the coaching staff and try to to continue to move forward through that so you can guarantee we'll have uh all the coverage of this week's games over at ahlreport.com i will be uh, handling the coverage for all three of laval's away games this week utica cleveland and cleveland so be sure to check us out at ahlreport.com you can follow live in-game updates on our twitter account at the ahl report and uh, hopefully next week we get to we get to talk about another win because I gotta say it was it felt pretty good to talk about one today. So with that, we are going to take a quick break. We're going to hear from our sponsors over at DraftKings, and when we return. I promised it earlier, and it the time is here. Patrick Williams will join me in the studio for this week's AHL Hot Stove segment. Don't go anywhere. You are listening to the Press Zone podcast right here on Rocket Sports Radio. Hey, hockey fans, light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line, on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Welcome back to the Press Zone podcast right here on the AHL Report, part of Rocket Sports Media and, of course, the Hockey Podcast Network. Once again, I'm Amy Johnson, your host of the show each and every week. We are so glad that you're here with us. And before we uh, open the door and invite Patrick Williams to come on into the studio with us for the AHL Hot Stove segment, I will just take a moment to say, uh, if you haven't done so already, please hit that subscribe button. Uh, so that you never miss an episode of The Press Zone each and every week. And uh, tis the season for giving, right? Perhaps you're wondering, hmm, what can I do for the fine folks over at the Press On podcast? Well, the best thing that you can do for us this holiday season, it's on our wish list. It's at the top of our wish list. <laughs> uh, it's for you to hit that share button. If you could share our content, share this episode of the podcast on your favorite social media platform. It is the best way to help us to grow our, our audience and grow our number of subscribers, which helps us keep bringing you great podcasts each and every week both here at the press zone also at our sister podcast our flagship podcast canadiansconnection.fm and we thank you for it all right well we've made you wait long enough uh the wait is over i promise and uh, we've gotten all the business out of the way so we can now officially welcome patrick williams into the studio today for this week's episode of the ahl hot stove patrick how are you today
0: good how are you
1: I'm good, thank you. I'm sorry. There's no. I know Rick's not here today, so the Angels are off doing Christmas preparations. I suppose. Angels are on hiatus. The Angels are on hiatus, uh, but is,
0: was, that's a term for uh, the NHL when you have like the mandatory off days.
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> sorry, off exactly, the- exactly. Um, glad that you're here uh, today. Hard to believe it's uh, midway through December already. I really don't know where the month is going. <laughs> At all, <laughs> or the year, <laughs> or, or the year for that matter. That's that's true. Um, it was a it was a bit of a whirlwind weekend for the AHL, um, particularly uh, Laval, as I as I talked about in the first segment, uh, getting a much needed win and breaking their franchise record for uh, their teddy bear toss, and not by a little bit either. I think their I think their record prior to this past weekend was somewhere around. Sixty-two hundred or sixty-eight hundred bears, or something like that. So they they kind of blew that out of the water with a couple thousand extra bears, which is always fun to see.
0: Yeah, the whole the teddy bear thing, last four or five years, it's like it's gone from like you know promotion to like this huge event, right? Like yeah,
1: people mark it on their calendar no matter what team they they support,
0: and like every team now, it's like this competition almost,
1: like definitely.
0: You you out 20,000 bears, so we'll throw 25, right? <laughs> That's
1: and, uh, speaking of, has Hershey had theirs yet?
0: Hershey's is in, I want to say the end of January, and I forget the reason why. I think traditionally it was in December, but yeah. there was some sort of conflict of, of some sort. That okay. I, that I don't know all the details, but...
1: Um, because you, we, we all know that everyone watches Hershey. For their yes. teddy bear toss because they kind of shame everybody
0: <laughs> yes literally the you almost don't see the ice
1: that's right it is a very long delay to clean it up <laughs>
0: yeah it's probably it pushes a good solid hour
1: yeah really.
0: um even with uh like they have it kind of down to a you know system now where you know they have all these people come out and they you know, it's like this assembly line almost of mm-hmm. bagging up the bears and everything. But um, I know they filled, I think last year, it was like two semis worth of, of bears.
1: That's insane. Like 18
0: wheelers, apparently.
1: <laughs> That's a lot of happy children. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So, um yeah. So I, I know it's like, it's a, from a planning and logistical standpoint, you know, I've been told it's, it's a big undertaking. Like, it's not just throw a bunch of bears on the ice and pick them up. Like, you know, right. to, coordinate distributing them to the different charities and, um, you know, everything that goes with that, and, you know, just, yeah.
1: Well, you know, we transporting them. Well, yes. Well, and we even saw in Laval this weekend that, yes, there are a lot of logistics to consider. Uh, When they got all 8,800 bears off the ice, they then kind of just, plunked them down in like the zamboni tunnel in the big bins and bags and then realized oh wait the police cars have to get off the ice <laughs> so so yeah so you know it's it's there's a lot of details to take care of making sure yeah, things run smoothly. more than
0: you probably think at first right like, that's right
1: i <laughs> think it's
0: kind of simple then you're like oh wait sorry. you know um, but yeah no it's kind of become the calling card. You know, certainly at the AHL level, junior level, ECHL, like mm-hmm. the non-NHL levels um, that, you know, teams have really kind of taken it and run with it, um, made it, you know, more than your average promotion. So it's yeah. very fun. So it's, yeah, it's uh, it's a unique event, that's for sure.
1: It definitely is. Uh, Well, thanks to that big win that they had last week. I know the running joke that we've always had, that we seem to have quite often this season, is that the AHL Player of the Week uh, many, many, many times has been unfortunately someone who Laval fans were very familiar with the week before. But that is not the case uh, this week, which probably is a good indicator of things for how Laval performed last week, but also just uh, getting to spotlight Uh, some teams and players uh, from elsewhere around the league and this week it is none other than Milwaukee Admirals goaltender oh it's a goaltender Rick should have been here for this one he always likes it when it's a goaltender Um, it's uh, Milwaukee Admirals goaltender Yaroslav Askarov who's been uh, selected as the AHL player of the week Um, only allowed one goal over 62 61 shots in two starts last week like one goal in two games, that's pretty good.
0: <laughs> yeah, and uh shut out the Hartford Wolfpack. Uh, Ooh. Kind of round out the week. Um first round pick, uh 2020. Um yet another goaltender coming through Milwaukee, probably bound eventually for, for Nashville, following a long, you know, long history of that, just going all the way back to Pecorene. Lucy Saros came through, uh, mm-hmm. different backups, Chris Mason way back. Um, so, um, yeah, they've always had a real strong tradition of, uh, of those kind of, you know, high, high end goaltending prospects who then, you know, go on and stay in Nashville for, for years. Right. So I mean, there's obviously a lot of high hopes stake to him, um, going down the road, but, uh, yeah, he's a, uh, he had a little bit of a, a bumpy start to start the year, um, which is to be expected, right? I mean, he's mm-hmm. he's only like twenty, and B he's coming over from the KHL, and he didn't have a ton of experience there. Um, so he comes over, and um, you know, there's an adjustment period, certainly. And it's just, it's a you know anybody that's ever seen the AHL versus the KHL, it's very much a uh, different brand of hockey, right? You know, it's yes. far more sort of. Chess oriented, and this is a lot more, you know, kind of mosh pit, right? <laughs> so, um, yeah, so there's an adjustment for goalies to deal with that. Uh, you know, pretty much every young goalie coming from Europe I've ever spoken with has has spoken about that. But uh, yeah, he's an interesting, interesting character, just in terms of uh, you know his, you know, kind of what he brings. He's a right-handed uh, glove, so that's a little bit of a, a little bit of a twist. Mm-hmm. Um, from your average goaltender. And, um, he's, uh, he's finding his way and they, he's obviously in a great setup there too, right? Like with, with Milwaukee, a strong team in front of him. They have Stevin Cooley as kind of his, his one, a one B. So, um, they're, 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 you know, they're patient with him. They, there's no rush with him right now. Like, right. Sure. It's, it's pretty set in, in net, you know, for the time being. And, they can take their time with him, but, um, yeah, it, it's, uh, it's, it's a good little, um, uh, line to put on his resume early in his career in the AHL. And, you know, certainly, you know, when you go 11th overall, you want to see some of those early, early signs of, um, hope and development. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, he's He has started to find his way now, 918 save percentage. So, you know, well above the league average. Um, he has eleven wins, which you know. I know people argue about goaltending wins, but a, a win is a win, right? And, right. Um, so, um, you know, all things considered, you know, looking at his first quarter or so of his North American career, he's, uh, I think, even exceeding expectations uh, from from what you might have hoped for.
1: Before we move to our next topic, I'll 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 just take one second here that to to give a tip of the hat to another. Uh, right-handed glove uh, who had certainly a story of his career through the AHL, who was honored with the NHL's first star of the week this week, none other than Charlie Lindgren. Uh, just going to give a little little tip of the hat to him. Um while we're talking about goaltenders doing some pretty spectacular things, he's been having a rock solid run of it, uh, while Darcy Kemper is injured for the Washington capitals and, and always exciting to see an AHL grad getting some, getting some good success.
0: And a, uh, good friend of rocket media.
1: Yes. <laughs>
0: uh, he's been one of the most, uh, I'd say engaging and cooperative people, um, that you've had on and, you know, at different points and, you know, that sort of in my own, uh, dealings with him. uh, Always been a first class, and you know, really, you know, he's one of those guys that um, he, he gives you thoughtful answers, he doesn't just kind of, you know, very true, and uh, you know, that's obviously appreciated. And yeah, he's one of those guys, like, you know, if you're a young goalie or even just a young skater, um, he was one of those prospects that he came in with some potential and his career kind of got sidetracked for a while, and you know, two years ago, he's. Played what three games all season, mm-hmm. right? So he needed a new shot. He, he took it. He kind of bet on himself going last year to St. Louis and Springfield and um, maximized that opportunity and then converted into a three-year, three year, uh, three million dollar deal uh, with the Caps and, you know, kind of giving Darcy Kemper a good run for his money. Kemper's out now, but, yep. um, you know, this is his chance now. Like, he can run with this. Um, you know, he's. The, the guy in net there, mm-hmm. you know. So this is a chance now with uh, with the Washington team that you know is still trying to make a goal of it. And um, I mean, what an opportunity, right? I mean, to, to go from where he was, well, he was in the AHL last year, and two years ago he was basically just in limbo. Uh, yeah. To not being a number one, I mean, you know, full credit to him. He, he always he always believed in himself. Uh, he never kind of let. All the stuff that came at him um
1: you know to get in away, right
0: yeah he just kept pushing through pushing through and um you know you know it couldn't happen to a nicer guy too
1: absolutely so we're we're all very thrilled for for charlie lingren to see that uh, first star of the week uh that's pretty spectacular and uh, hoping hoping his run continues um, speaking of someone else finally getting their chance to make an impact in the NHL, uh, we had even spoken uh, last week when we talked about the uh, Players of the Month in the AHL for the month of November. Uh, we we talked about Matthew Phillips uh, with the Calgary Wranglers um, last week on the show. And I remember on the show you had even stated it's kind of a head scratcher as to why Calgary hasn't recalled him yet. Uh, that there's a lot of, um, you know, fan pressure to call him up and, and you know, he's leading scorer in the AHL. Well, maybe they were listening to the podcast and, you know, maybe Daryl was listening to the podcast last week. We can hope, but it seems that they listened to you and uh, Matthew Phillips finally getting his uh, call up to Calgary this week.
0: Well, time someone listened to me, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I mean, you know, for my money, he's, he's the best player in the AHL, um, you know, all around player. Um, and, um, at some point it gets a little bit absurd for him to still be in the AHL. I mean, mm-hmm. he's just ripping it up and, you know, I don't know how many times you need to see him put up two or three points a night, uh, and kind of skate circles around the competition before you give him a shot, especially since like, it's not like cowdery has been setting the world on fire this year. Um, and yeah, give him a shot. He's played uh, the past two games se- last Saturday night in Toronto and then well, last night in Montreal. Uh, he still hasn't cracked 10 minutes though, so that mm. is a little like, ooh, you know, like, and it's the classic situation for those players, right? Like, they come up and you don't put them in that same role that they're at the NHL level. And I, and I at the AHL level, and I get it, but, you know, it's hard to do a lot with eight or nine minutes right like right you know, you, you know players like that right like they need to play that you know 15 15 something minutes right and, mm-hmm. you know so that's kind of what I'm looking for him to see because like that's more I think you know will be the tail of the tape for him you know if he can do it or not I think he can right like but I do think you need to put him in a situation where he's gonna succeed and if you don't you know, that's where, you know, you see a lot of players fall in that trap, and that you know they kind of are in and out of the lineup. They're playing eight or nine minutes, um, and then you know a week or two later, they're back in the AHL. So, you know, I do like that they're using with uh, Rad- uh, Radim Zahorna, his uh, that's his center in, in with the Wranglers uh, mm-hmm. this season. So uh, Adam Vasekra as well. So I, I line line mate wise, I like I like that. Um, I understand like that's a tough lineup to crack, um, you know, and you're not just going to step right in off the bat, but um, yeah, I wanted to see him really get a shot. Right. Yeah. See what he can do with this. I mean, he's been plugging away down the HL for, for what almost five years now. And before this weekend, he had played one game ever. And that was at the end of the <clears throat> pandemic season. So, you know, that wasn't exactly the most no. ideal situation to walk into uh, after being in, you know, the AHL year, which was, you know, kind of not the typical AHL. So um, yeah, um, see where he can go with it. But uh, I, I've seen parts of his last two games and I've, uh, you know, I, th- I think he's more than handling his own, mm-hmm. um, you know, and that's obviously it's a significant adjustment. Um, if I want to see, you know, I really want to see what he can do with, uh, a real kind of bona fide opportunity.
1: Absolutely. That's what, it's what we always hope to see uh, when prospects finally get, uh, get that opportunity um, that they're not hamstrung too much, not hand, you know, their, their hands aren't tied too much uh, and, and maybe give them a little more room to breathe so that they can kind of get into their own rhythm again um, at the NHL level. So it'll be, it'll be really fascinating to, uh, to watch how, how he progresses with Calgary. And, um, now we talked to we, you know we mentioned how Laval came up with a big win over the weekend um still doesn't change the fact that they are uh sitting in the basement in the division in the conference in the league uh you know it doesn't erase uh the the terrible season that they've had so far um and you know there's a lot of work still left ahead and and I remember in a in a recent episode we had talked about how You know, when teams find themselves in a a deep hole like this at this point of the year, and this isn't just talking about Laval specifically, but just teams in general in the AHL who are, whose season has not started uh, in an ideal way and they find themselves kind of stuck, um, that a a logical way to uh, kind of try to at least change your fortunes or, or improve things and, and change things up is not necessarily shuffling your lines around or moving personnel back and forth between your ECHL and your AHL uh, franchises but is to then go out and find someone, usually a veteran that you can sign as a free agent to come in and and maybe shake things up a little bit and I found that it was really interesting um, this week that the uh, Lehigh Valley Phantoms have done exactly that. Um, Artem and Isimov have been uh, on a PTO with the Phantoms for uh, a little bit. And they signed him this week to an AHL contract for the rest of this season. And you and I were even speaking before the show, before we started recording the show. Uh, he signs that contract and he immediately goes and really starts making an impact for the Phantoms, uh, putting points on the board. Um, and and this, I felt, Patrick, is kind of like one of those real-life examples of, yes, this is what teams in the AHL This is the out of the box way that you need to try to salvage uh, a season when it hasn't started the way that you wanted it to.
0: Exactly, right? And, you know, he comes out and (laughs) puts up four points the night, the day he, you know, signs the contract, right? Yeah. So, um, he's only been there for about, uh, well, he had that injury in preseason and then, you know, for about not even a full month now. Right. And there's all sorts of those players out there, guys that are looking for opportunities. Uh, I know Grand Rapids brought in Alex Chase on. Um, week or so ago um, so there is talent to be found out there not everybody wants to run off to europe um, no and, and just you know kind of on the laval point you know this league isn't the nhl where you really are if you're a general manager you're hamstrung a lot by salary cap considerations by no trade clauses no move clauses down at the hl level you can move players pretty un- uncovered um, yeah and You don't have, obviously, there are no AHL players that have no move clauses in their contracts. I mean, I don't care how good your agent is. And at the AHL level, the cap doesn't apply. So you can certainly shuffle players around. Um, And there are all kinds of players in this league that need a new home, need a fresh start, um, are kind of, you know, they've hit a plateau or they're just kind of uh, in a rut and would benefit from a change uh, change of venue. And I don't—I've never understood this, and I've asked general managers, and I've never got really—at least to my mind—a satisfactory answer why you don't see more movement. Um, you know, there are there are some teams that do like to um, shake things up when possible, but uh, for the most part, it's pretty status quo, and it's kind of like, well, you know, this is the team we signed in the summer, and uh, we're going to kind of ride or die with that team. But you know, when it's obviously not working, as is the case with Laval, and mm-hmm. with, you know, quite a few. You looked at san diego for example uh their season's been a disaster they've lost yeah. eight in a row there now uh lucas uh dostall's up uh, up in anaheim he's kind of the only thing that was keeping them together keeping them together at all now granted you know it's the old adage you know we finished last with you we can finish last without you but I mean, <laughs> um, you know he's he's been in one of the bright spots so you know and certainly, um, there are, you know, like you think of like an Adam Cracknell move, you know, a few years ago for Peter Holland, you know, those kind of deals, right? Where you, you, you take a chance, you know, maybe you'll you'll hit on something, and if you don't, I mean, the states are low, right? I mean, you're not this isn't the NHL where you know you're you know moving major pieces, and you know every deal's a you know is a major consideration. I mean, the, these are pretty low states um, decisions, all things are considered, so. Yeah, I, I, you know, it would certainly inject a lot of excitement, uh, you know, for fans and for for us as media, if there was a little bit more of that. But um, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of appetite for it.
1: You know, and it's a guy like Anisimov is is a, a real interesting signing. I mean, this is a guy who's played more than 700 NHL games. Um, you know, it's <laughs> he's got a bit of experience. And so that's the kind of stability and if he can come in um prior to to signing the contract he had three goals and one assist in the six games he had played with the phantoms since he was signed to his pto on november 15th and as you say he signs the contract puts up four points that night that's the kind of stabilizing force uh, with good mentorship who can produce night in and night out and knows every kind of situation that they're going to face um, and that's the kind of thing that you want to see uh, teams doing and strategizing about at this point in the season and so i say kudos to the lehigh valley phantoms i think they made a, an excellent decision there and uh, hopefully we see a bit more of that um, happening in the next uh, the next few weeks as as we really are hurtling headfirst towards midpoint of the season uh, which is going to be here before any of us know it (laughs) um and and standings you know every people are really going to start standings watching uh after the holidays are over so it's uh it's already getting to be that kind of crunch time believe it or not um all right well patrick always good always good to have you here for the ahl hot stove um you know it was a it was kind of an exciting weekend around the ahl and uh we saw things are starting to gear up. Laval's, uh, speaking of Laval, you know, they're putting out plenty of uh, promotion to start gearing up for the All-Star Classic, which is coming up uh, in just under two months. And so on an upcoming episode, we'll uh, we'll talk a bit more about that, uh, the return of the AHL All-Star Game, finally. Um, but it's been uh, it's been a lot of fun watching uh, some AHL great AHL action this past weekend, and uh, I think there's gonna be I think there's gonna be some interesting things happening this week. I just have a feeling.
0: I think that's a good bet.
1: <laughs> well, thanks so much for being here. Uh, always a pleasure having you here for the AHL Hot Stove each and every week, and uh, can't wait to talk to you again next Tuesday. Thank you. Phew. Well, another week chock full of information in the AHL Hot Stove. What a relief it was as well. That the AHL player of the week was not someone who played against Laval. That is, that is a win for the Laval Rocket, and I will take it. It means that they, uh, that they, that they played at least pretty decently last week and they didn't let anybody run away with things and that's a, that's a good achievement for that team. Thanks so much again to Patrick Williams for being here with us every week this year on the Press Zone podcast bringing his insight and his knowledge of teams and players all around the AHL uh, and uh, as I said before that segment if you haven't done so please take a moment to subscribe to this channel also to the Canadians Connection podcast you can find that at Canadians connection.fm if you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel yet I really invite you to do so immediately. It's very easy. Just go to youtube.com slash allhabs or just go to the YouTube uh, app or website and just type in at allhabs and it'll take you right to our page. Hit subscribe hit the notification bell If you didn't know, I host a weekly show on our YouTube channel called Habs Hockey Report. We talk about the Habs, we talk about the Laval Rocket, uh, and we do lots of interaction with our viewers. So you don't want to miss a minute of that or a week of that, and we would appreciate your subscribership over there as well. On that note, uh, we're off to cover some great Laval hockey uh, this week. Utica, two games in Cleveland Let's keep our fingers crossed and let's see if, uh, if there could be some more wins in the future for the Laval Rocket. And uh, we'll have all, the, all of the breakdowns for you again next week on the show. Thanks so much for being here with us. And uh, we'll see you back here again next Tuesday for another great episode of the Press Zone podcast right here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe to never miss an episode of the Press Zone on Rocket Sports Radio. Visit AHLReport.com for the latest news on hockey prospects.